0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff and management.
1: We've learned to hide our true feelings and emotions from the view of the outside world for fear of being seen as weak, undeserving or not enough. While this strategy works well for a while, many of us are realizing it is not a sustainable way to continue living life, especially when there is so much that we want to achieve, create, and contribute. Welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership with Shameen Sadek. In this program, you'll hear from Shameen and her guests about what it's like to face these fears head on. And courageously share emotion, vulnerability, and experience in service of creating connection, resilience, and extraordinary results. Now, here's your host, Shameen Sadiq.
2: Hello, and welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm your host, Shameen Sadiq, and you're listening to me today on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. I just came back from vacation. Well, it was sort of a a blend of vacation and work, but I'm always happy when I can blend the two. And I was in beautiful St. Lucia and came home last night. So in the spirit of wellness, which was what uh, I was practicing while I was there and what the um facility that I was staying in practices, let's begin with a few minutes of just sitting together, just centering, grounding, spending a few minutes focusing on the breath. It's a wonderful way to transition between different activities, and a wonderful way to bring more peacefulness to yourself and to your life. And also to bring your attention um, back to whatever is at hand so for now let's uncross our legs put your feet flat on the floor place your palms down on your thighs and just sit up in a dignified posture with your eyes uh, either closed if you feel comfortable with that or you can half close your eyes and just gaze at the floor i don't know about four feet in front of you just comfortably not laser-focused gaze on the floor, just a soft gaze with your eyelids half shut. And take a couple of breaths here, just a couple of, let's do a couple of deep breaths just to get sort of started. So inhaling through your nose and exhaling through your mouth or your nose, whatever is comfortable for you. And one more deep breath in. Let it fill your belly and your chest and exhale, good. Let your shoulders fall down. Don't drop them really hard or shove them down. Just let them drop gently from up around our ears where often many of us hold our shoulders to just letting them maybe roll back and imagine that your shoulder blades are sliding down your back a couple of inches. Good. And we'll just spend a few minutes here focusing on the breath. So all I invite you to do is pay attention to your breath. There's no need to force your breath. There's no need to make it any different than the way it is right now. We started with a couple of deep breaths just to bring ourselves into this moment of quiet But now I just want you to breathe regularly. Just the way that you regularly breathe in through your nose, out through your nose or mouth. Not trying to change anything or make anything different. Feeling your feet on the floor as you sit. Tapping into your ankles and knees. Feel your bottom on the chair. Notice whether you're leaning to one side or another, maybe bringing a soft smile to your face and continuing to breathe. Nothing to do, nothing to change, nothing to strive for, just bringing your awareness and your attention to the breath. Good. Breathing in and breathing out at your own pace. And if you find yourself beginning to think about other things, maybe all the emails that you haven't answered yet today, maybe the client work that's coming up tomorrow that you don't feel quite ready for, Perhaps there's a presentation on the agenda or another meeting that you'll be going to. Just smile and say, oh, I've gotten distracted with my thoughts and bring yourself back to the breath. You might say, as you inhale, I'm breathing in. And you might say, as you exhale, I am breathing out. That's what I do when I get distracted. Remind myself that I'm breathing in and breathing out. Even when it's noisy outside and I'm trying to do a radio show, I just come back to the breath. Good. Let all those things that you have on your plate and on your mind and on your shoulders, just let them rest for a moment. Maybe put them down on the table next to you. You can pick them up later when we're finished with our time together. Good. And as we bring these few moments of sitting peacefully together to a close, I invite you to just wiggle your fingers and toes and maybe move your shoulders from side to side or your back or sway a little bit or maybe do some little hip circles in your chair. Uh, Something to just bring movement back into your body, bring yourself back into the room, back to the show, back to our conversation. And we will open our eyes gently and come on back for the topic for today. And the topic for today is, whose monkey is this anyway? So... I knew that I was going to be gone for a while and I had pre-recorded some shows and so I was thinking in advance for once. I had time to do a bit of pre-planning and strategizing about what I wanted to speak about this week. And it's so interesting to me because as I was reading or writing about whose monkey is this anyway to describe the episode to you, I was not aware of how strong the link was between... Monkey management and self-care. So let me say a little bit more about monkeys first. Uh, it's kind of funny because I have two boys and I sometimes refer to them as my monkeys, but that's, that's not exactly what I'm talking about. It might be included and encompassed in the category of monkey, but I'm not just talking about either monkeys or children or uh, others whom we uh, are, have in our care. I am actually talking about things that we carry around with us that sometimes belong to us and sometimes don't. Things that we take responsibility for, that we might want to get done or we might want to contribute to or we might feel is a problem to be solved. And it comes from an article written for Harvard Business Review back in, I think, the 1970s. Uh, It was written by Bill Onkin Jr. I'm sorry if I've mispronounced his name. And the article was called Managing... Managing, management time, who's got the monkey? So if you've ever heard the term monkey on your back, I think it comes from this concept of having monkeys that we carry around. So I had never heard of the article until very, very recently. And then I did a little bit of research and I found an article written by Ken Blanchard about the art of managing monkeys. So I just want to read um, what he, how he describes monkeys here. So this is from from Ken Blanchard, and he uh, wrote this article, The Art of Managing Monkeys, on September 20th, 2010. So he says this, For those of you who are still scratching your head, allow me to explain. A monkey is the next move after two individuals meet, as illustrated here. Say you meet an employee in the hallway. He says, Can I see you for a minute? We have a problem. He explains, You listen. Time flies. Time flies. 20 minutes later, you know enough about the problem to realize you'll have to be involved, but you don't know enough to make a decision. So you say, this is very important, but I don't have time to discuss it now. Let me think about it and I'll get back to you. The the detached observer understands what just happened, but when you're in the middle, it's harder to see the big picture. Before you met your staff member in that hall, the monkey was on his back, While you were talking, the matter was under joint consideration, so the monkey had one leg on each of your backs. But when you said, let me think about it and I'll get back to you, the the monkey moved squarely onto your back. So that's what that can look like at work. I was thinking as well about what monkey management looks like at home. And when I heard about this article, it was like someone had hit me over the head with a baseball bat. Because you know what? I am addicted to carrying monkeys. And most of the time, the monkeys that I'm carrying, or much of the time, the monkeys that I'm carrying do not belong to me. Now, what is the relationship between this and self-care? I feel like a bit of a broken record because I'm always telling you about my ongoing journey into better self-care. I take on monkeys. I grab other people's monkeys. I say, let me carry your monkey for you. I feel utterly responsible for everybody's happiness i feel responsible for all of my clients i feel that i must meet everybody's needs and desires and then i wonder why i get exhausted and burned out and despondent and lose all of my energy well while i was in st lucia i was reading a book that a client gave to me last year the cli- uh, the book is called let your life speak and it's by Parker Palmer and I was very struck by what he says early in the book about selfhood society and service here's what Parker Palmer says by surviving passages of doubt and depression on the vocational journey I've become clear about at least one thing self-care is never a selfish act wow (laughs) really (laughs) Uh, my monkey mind, <laughs> my inner voice of um, ego was saying, that's not true. That's not true. If I take care of myself, it means I'm not taking care of anyone else. And that's not good. That's very selfish. But what he says is, I've become clear about at least one thing. Self-care is never a selfish act. It is simply good stewardship of the only gift I have. The gift I was put on earth to offer to others. Anytime we can listen to true self and give it the care it requires, we do so not only for ourselves, but for the many others whose lives we touch. I could never really put my finger on how this caring for ourselves could impact other people. Because my my thought about self-care, and, and this is a deep unconscious, long ingrained belief was that and is that, and I'm working my way out of this, was that if I was taking care of myself, then that meant I wasn't taking care of others. And since I feel like part of the gift I'm here to offer is to care for others, it, there there was no relationship between taking care of myself and taking care of other people. No relationship between the benefit of taking care of myself and how it would extend to other people. But when I read this passage, I, I began to see that This story I've been telling myself about self-care is just not true. And furthermore, it's not helping me become any better at taking care of myself. So let me read it one more time. I've Parker Palmer from Let Your Life Speak. I've become clear about at least one thing. Self-care is never a selfish act. It is simply good stewardship of the only gift I have. The gift I was put on earth to offer to others. Anytime we can listen to true self and give it the care it requires, we do so not only for ourselves, but for the many others whose lives we touch. So in other words, if I'm not taking care of this gift that I have to offer, I won't have a gift to offer. And this is what happens to me over and over and over again. I've gotten weary of living this pattern. The gift in living this pattern is that... I'm resilient, I'm building resilience, I'm improving every time, uh, my self-awareness kicks in faster sometimes if I'm lucky, but I'm also noticing that all of those gifts are wonderful gifts and I'm weary of the pattern. I don't wish to continue living in this way and I'm really committed to making some changes. So one of the changes that I know I can make is to start to become more aware of when I take on other people's monkeys. Here's an example. I went swimming at a wave pool with my kids and a friend and their, some friends and their kids. And the friends did not want to go in the wave pool, but I love swimming and I love water. So I said, I'll go and I'll take all the kids. So I ended up taking all of these kids into the wave pool. And the kids are all good swimmers, but some of them are quite small, quite young. And one in particular was in the deep end during the time that the waves were happening. And I felt that it was my responsibility to stay very, very close to her. And in fact, it was because by saying yes to taking her into the pool as the age that she was, she was not allowed to be unsupervised. So I found myself in the deep end of the pool during the wavy um, period, while the waves were really uh, in motion, trying to stay close to this little child and fearing that um, either I was gonna peter out because I was so tired of staying in in the waves, not being able to touch the bottom of the pool at that time and worried about her as well. Do you see where I took on someone else's monkey? I mean, right from the get-go, why do I say, oh, I'll take all the kids, I'll take them all? Knowing who I am, knowing how I am, knowing that my energy stores are often a little on the low side, I unconsciously took on that monkey, (laughs) and she's a sweetheart, Um, and someone else's monkey, not mine and took that on as my job. Then it got worse from there because not only did I take on the responsibility of taking her into the pool and supervising her in the pool, I then, because the other monkey I took on was, I don't want to rob her of her fun, did not request that she get out of the deep end. So two ways in which I, two monkeys that I took on that didn't belong to me that I suffered for later. I was utterly spent when that visit to the wave pool was done. So there you have one small example of how I take on monkeys, carry them around, take responsibility for them, and then pay in ways that are not acceptable to me anymore afterwards. Well, we're about to head into a break, but here's what I would like you to do. Think about monkeys that you take on, either at work or at home in your personal life, And if you would like to chat about the monkeys that you carry around for other people, call in. Let's have a conversation on the radio show together. The number is 1-888-346-9141. So let's take a break. And when we come back, more on whose monkey is this anyway? I'm Shamin Sadek. This is Stories from the Heart of Leadership, and I'll be right back. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Hello, I'm Shamin Sadik, the founder and CEO of Anjali Leadership. Anjali means heartfelt offering, and it's no accident that my company is named this way, as our work comes straight from the heart. I spent years working within organizations where well-intentioned leaders somehow managed to create more frustration and disappointment than anything else. You know what? I was one of those leaders, and I yearned for something better, but didn't know what it would look like or how to make it happen. Fortunately, I do know now. At Anjali Leadership, we specialize in helping you climb out of these limiting patterns of behavior so that you can pour your energy and passion into creating the vision results, and business performance you've been striving for since the beginning. If you want to learn more, visit ANJALIleadership.com. Ready to work with us? Go to ANJALIleadership.com and let's get started.
1: Or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up?
0: It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
1: Stories from the Heart of Leadership. If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamin an email. Her email address is Shamin at Anjali Leadership.com. That's S H A H M E E N at Anjali Leadership.com. Now back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership.
2: Welcome back. This is Shamin, and our topic today is Whose Monkey Is This Anyway? So, I was telling you that often I carry other people's monkeys around. And what I've noticed is a couple of things. One is people are quite willing to let me carry their monkeys. Uh, I think it's wonderful when people are helpful and kind and and so I seem to attract lots of people who think that's wonderful too. And they're more than happy to let me take the monkeys. Now, why is that? Is that because they're selfish people who don't want to be bothered doing their own work because they're bad or wrong or something like that? I think, I think mostly not. Although there could be some bad apples, there are some in every barrel. I think that uh, there's a there's a spectrum that I'm uh, noticing, and it's the one between not caring at all and being totally selfish. And I think self-care is somewhere in the middle. So I think what happens sometimes is I might resonate with a person who is somewhere either similar to me in the spectrum, maybe they're burned out from carrying too many monkeys and and need a break from carrying their monkeys for a while and I willingly take them, so uh, it's great. Or maybe we're at opposite ends or, or different places on the spectrum. But nonetheless, I think that... Um, We do seem to attract the people who are going to teach us the most about ourselves. That is my belief, and it certainly has held true for me in my life. Anyone that I've ever had any kind of uh, ongoing interaction with, whether it's a friend, uh, a beloved one, a colleague, a client, always seems to provide me with a lot of fodder for my own learning. So that's one thing I notice is that people are sometimes delighted to let me carry their monkeys. The other thing is that life looks quite different when I'm not unconscious anymore. So let me say that in a more positive way. Things get more clear when I'm conscious and aware. Now, nobody can be conscious and aware all the time because we're human beings and we we go unconscious and we have blind spots and it's just part of the nature of being human. But the more I... Start to pay attention to my propensity for carrying other people's monkeys, the more I'm able to look at my life through a different lens. Like the lens about, you know, why I'm always so tired because I have to do this and I have to do that, and I always feel so overwhelmed because I have to, have to, have to. I actually don't have to. So that story about having to do all the things that I think I have to do is related to this addiction to carrying or this habit of carrying the monkeys around. So as I'm starting to offload some of the monkeys, or at least notice that I've got a monkey on my shoulders or on my back that doesn't belong to me, I'm noticing that things that seemed difficult or needing to be finished with or uh, insurmountable or intolerable, they look a little bit different my busy work life that I'm always telling you about and because I travel a lot and I'm always on the road and I seem to always be busy working, as I put more structure in place, as I delegate more of the work to others, I notice that I don't feel quite as overwhelmed. Part of that could be I've just come back from a week in the sun, but I think it's because I'm starting to recognize when the monkeys that are not mine are on my shoulders. Now, it's one thing to notice that you are carrying monkeys. How, how might we notice that we're carrying monkeys? For me, I tend to get very exhausted. I notice that it's tiring to lug all those monkeys around. So that's a signal for me. What is the signal for you? Think about how you know that you've got too many monkeys that belong to other people on your shoulders. And as I said earlier, if you'd like to call in and share your monkey story with us, the number to call is 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. So how do you know that you are carrying the monkeys? For me, it's when I get tired. Now, once I've noticed that I'm tired because I'm lugging around all of these monkeys, my job is to figure out who they really belong to. And in order to figure out who they really belong to, I have to confront some of my unconscious beliefs or stories that I have about me and my worth or value in the world. So one of the things that I know is part of my purpose, and I've I've shared this with you before, is that I feel I feel often like I'm a great mother. I'm, um, I'm a great mother in the sense that I'm here to mother a lot of people, or I have like a mothering tendency. So this is something that gets me into trouble sometimes. Now again, remember this this tension or this spectrum between selfish, not caring, and self-care. So it would be easy to say, well, I don't care about kids, anyone's kids, I'll just not care anymore. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that at all, but I am saying that um, I can't also take care of everyone's kids. Now, I'm saying that in a literal way, but I mean it metaphorically too. So I hope you can understand the, the nuances here. But if I take on other people's kids or other kids or other humans And I start to mother them in the way that I would mother, let's say, my infant or my two-year-old or a very small child, but they happen to be older children or adults, then I am likely in the territory of falling into some unconscious patterns. And the pattern is... um, I'm here to take away the suffering of every child. That's not really my job, and it's not really why I'm here, because I don't think that any human being could take away suffering of anybody else. We have enough work to do just on our own suffering, let alone being responsible for other people's. But this is what I mean when I say that figuring out who the monkeys actually belong to requires that I confront my own belief patterns, my own, I call them stories, The show is called Stories from the Heart of Leadership, and I think that's a big thread for me because I am aware that I tell myself, oh, hundreds of stories about myself, about how things work, about what I'm supposed to do and why I'm here. So when I see a child who's not going to be included, or I'll go back to the swimming example, if the parents didn't want to swim, but the child wanted to Uh, Now that child isn't going to get to go swimming if their parents refuse to swim. So I jump in and say, I'll take care of her because, you know, I don't want her to be sad. So I'm trying to take away the suffering of this child. Uh, I take that monkey, put it on my shoulders, take it off of the parents' shoulders, and in I go to the pool and uh, exhaust myself trying to keep up with her. So just I like to use simple examples that are uh, related to my own experience. So if i if you uh, if you resonate with these examples and can see the reflection of how this might play out for you then uh, i hope that that's useful to you. So figuring out who they really belong to it's really about confronting my own beliefs. So if i have a belief that i'm here to take away the suffering of every child then every time i hear a baby cry or a kid whining or or see someone looking sad, um, you can bet that belief, that story is going to get activated, and I'm going to likely, there's th- that's when I'm at risk for carrying someone else's monkey. Okay, so now I know this. Um, it doesn't mean that it's going to just be done and over with uh, just because I know it. Now I've got to actually practice identifying these moments. I've, quite, I've got to bring some awareness to my daily activities, my daily um, inclinations, my daily actions to pay attention and say, okay, you know, what's happening right now? What's happening in this moment? Is that part of me getting activated? Is that story that I'm here to take away the suffering, the one that's coming up right now? And then I get to choose. That's the other thing about this. It doesn't mean that I would never take some, someone else's child swimming. It doesn't mean I would never do that. It just means now I'm going to choose. So I'm moving from this being an unconscious, reflexive reaction to something that's happening. From that, I'm moving towards being conscious and at choice to being aware and saying, "Okay, I realize that what's happening right now is I'm feeling I'm feeling responsible for this person's happiness and I have this urge to just jump in and kind of make it all better." I have some choices at that moment. I can either continue on that path and say, "Yes, I'll take her" and and then off we go swimming together. Or I have another choice. The other choice is I can say to the parents, you know, it seems like your daughter would really like to go swimming. Um, hope you brought your bathing suit. That's a harder one for me, much harder. Uh, I don't know how it feels for you as you hear it. Maybe some of you who've already got this licked are probably listening going, what is she talking about? Of course, I would just tell the parents, you know, take your kid swimming. Um, but for me, that's a real hard thing to do. But I'm doing it. I've been practicing. And it requires the willingness to disappoint another human being and to believe that even if I disappoint that child, or even if I don't take away her suffering, um, or even if I'm, I'm not nice and sweet at that moment, that I'm actually still okay. I'm still a valuable human being. I'm still a good person. And wow, I tell you, these are tough ones for me as I, as I gr- um, struggle along here <laughs> in this journey to self care. But nonetheless, that's what's required. So here's the little framework that we're coming up with here together. Um, how to know that you're carrying the monkeys, how to identify the, the signal that you've got t- too many other people's monkeys on your shoulders. Um, when this is at work, what it looks like often is overwhelm. Uh, a to-do list that is an arm's length or longer long that you never get done. Uh, a list of, of priorities or problems to solve that you work late into the night trying to solve. Uh, people around you not being included in any of the work because you've taken it all on yourself. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, stressed, uh, burdened, like you're never going to be finished, and never going to get through it all, there's a likelihood that there are some monkeys that you're carrying that don't belong to you. So then the work is to say, ah, okay, I see that this is what's happened. I think I might have some monkeys that don't belong to me on my shoulders, now let me figure out which ones don't belong to me, but, and not only which ones don't belong to me, but who do they belong to? And then to, give them back. (laughs) Quite simply, just give those monkeys back. And one way would be, you know, the scenario that I read to you earlier from Ken Blanchard's article about the art of managing monkeys is to go back to that person and say, you know, I realize that we both have a stake in this. Um, Here's what I recommend you do. And why don't you get back to me when that's done and let me know how it worked out. So, you know, you can help someone. It doesn't mean you're not going to help. It doesn't mean you don't care. It doesn't mean you're walking away, washing your hands of them. You can be interested and involved. And in fact, if you're the leader in an organization, then your input is probably going to be um, helpful and maybe required, but leave it back with the person who it belongs to. And what Ken Blanchard says is you should push these monkeys down to the lowest level of accountability in the workplace as possible. And I would say the same is is true at home. How many monkeys do I carry around here for my kids? When I pick up their clothes from the floor, when I uh, excuse them from the table without without reminding them to put their plates in the dishwasher when I let them have a pass. Yeah, sure, it's great to want to do things for the people that we love. But you know, the impact is I'm disempowering them if I don't let them do it. And the same at work. If that leader takes on the manager's monkey and says, I'll bring it back to you when I've got it all resolved, that manager is left saying, well, what am I here for then? Obviously, this person doesn't trust me. Obviously this, obviously, this leader thinks I'm incompetent. All I was doing was trying to keep them in the loop. Now they've taken it on, and they've taken it on as a project. And ultimately, people like that, um, they feel disempowered. They feel disappointed. They get unengaged, disconnected. They leave, or they stay and leave, as some of you who are my clients have experienced. Ah, Wow the impact of carrying other people's monkeys, it's much bigger than yourself and the cost to you. There's an organizational cost as well. And I would dare say there's a societal cost when children are not empowered to do things that they can do as well. You know, I was thinking about this because... I don't remember what the statistic is, but I'd hazard to say without looking it up in this moment that 50% of marriages have failed. (laughs) So there are lots of kids out there who have divorced or separated parents. And as one myself, I know that there's a lot of guilt that can go along with that. And that guilt sometimes manifests in doing things for the kids because you feel so bad for ruining their life, quote unquote, by separating from their father or mother, that you now move into this, um, monkey, monkey, not monkey management, the opposite of that monkey inundation and take on everything and do it all for them and try to prevent them from any more heartbreak or pain. Well, I'll tell you, these kids need to experience life failure. Um, I'm not saying insurmountable pain and I'm not saying you should cause pain, but, Putting your plate in the dishwasher is not really that painful. If they have to delay their outdoor play for a minute because they're doing that first, I think it's okay. I want to empower my kids to live full, resourceful, confident, and satisfying lives. They're not going to be able to do that if I don't equip them with the skills now. And I will not equip them with those skills or those qualities if I do it all for them. So parents... Listen to what I'm saying. Tell me if it resonates with you and put it into practice. It'll be a bit painful at the beginning, but I guarantee you, uh, once once your kids get used to doing the things that they are capable of doing, and you know what? Even a five-year-old can take a plate and put it in the dishwasher. So a few plates might break in the process, but I think it's a small price to pay to teach them to be empowered, to live their lives, to take care of themselves. So... Um, wow, this topic of monkeys has taken us into some interesting territory that I was not even expecting. I never thought we'd talk so much about parenting today, but, but there it is. And I want to say as well, before we go to break, that I'm not perfect. I am in this, a work in progress, figuring this out, struggling through, learning as I go, making mistakes left right and center and it's all part of the process so if you feel that way too i want you to know you're not the only one you're not alone let's take a break and when we come back more about whose monkey is this anyway on stories from the heart of leadership
0: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live, wherever you go, on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
2: Hello, I'm Shamin Sadik, the founder and CEO of Anjali Leadership. Anjali means heartfelt offering. And it's no accident that my company is named this way, as our work comes straight from the heart. I spent years working within organizations where well-intentioned leaders somehow managed to create more frustration and disappointment than anything else. You know what? I was one of those leaders, and I yearned for something better, but didn't know what it would look like or how to make it happen. Fortunately, I do know now. At Anjali Leadership... We specialize in helping you climb out of these limiting patterns of behavior so that you can pour your energy and passion into creating the vision, results, and business performance you've been striving for since the beginning. If you want to learn more, visit ANJALIleadership.com. Ready to work with us? Go to ANJALIleadership.com and let's get started. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish
1: out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed.
0: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
1: You are listening to stories from the heart of leadership. If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamin an email. Her email address is shameen at Leadership.com. That's S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N at A-N-J-A-L-I leadership.com. Now, back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership.
2: Welcome back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. This is Shameen, and our topic today is, Whose Monkey Is This Anyway?, I always learn so much when I'm speaking with you on the show. Um, I, I yearn for someone to call and chat with me live, and that rarely happens, and that's okay. Uh, but, what I, but I do learn a lot, because even in just speaking some of this out loud that I've been thinking about, uh, more insights come t- to me, and I seem to be able to generate some ideas uh, that, that I'm always happy to share with you. And I want you to know that you're always welcome to call in and, and chat with me live about any of this stuff. So I was thinking about the spectrum of self-care that we were talking about earlier between, I was saying it was between not caring at all and being totally selfish. But I think actually those might be one and the same. Um, I think the spectrum that we're talking about is the one between apathy and controlling. So on one side... It seems like this monkey management, so taking these monkeys, the tasks or actions or problems that belong to someone else that we, some of us, habitually take on and hoist around on our own shoulders, the habit of doing that and breaking it is not about becoming apathetic it's not about um, throwing up your hands and saying, I, I want no, nothing to do with anybody else. I'm not going to worry about anyone else. I'm not going to help anyone. I'm not going to participate. I'm just going to do my own thing, put my head down and carry on. It's not that. Nor is it controlling, which is what gets us into this problem in the first place, into this dynamic of carrying other people's monkeys. It might seem on the surface that it's something that sweet and nice people do. And believe me, I can be very sweet and very nice, but it's also got to do with controlling. So I think the the opposite side of this spectrum is controlling, like I've got to do everything and I've got to do everything myself and I don't really trust other people or I can't ask for help and I feel bad if I can't do it alone. Um, so that's really what we're talking about here and finding this self-care um, place in the middle where I have healthy boundaries I take good care of myself. I still care about the things that I feel stewardship about, like my business, my clients, my purpose, my children, my family, uh, my community, whatever it is that I feel that I have a stake in. I'm not saying you shouldn't care about it. I am saying don't be unconscious. Don't just take on other people's monkeys, carry them around and prevent them from empowering themselves to carry those monkeys and deal with them themselves. So that's what I'm saying. It's something in the middle. It requires a bit of both. It's not one or the other. All right. In the spirit of monkey management, I have been thinking about a few things. And I'm in early development on a couple of ideas that I want to share with you today. So, all right, here we go. First of all, I have some upcoming events. So let me talk about those first, and then I'll talk about these these ideas that I'm um, beginning to implement. And know that it's a bit vulnerable to talk about some of it because I haven't really spoken out loud to any of you about some of this before. So first we'll start with the easy stuff, some upcoming events. So For those of you who are interested in joining me for the Leadership Circle Profile Certification, I'm teaching two more of those here uh, in North America in 2015. One is September 9th to 11th. That's in the Washington, D.C. area. That one's coming up pretty fast. So if you want to join me there, you need to go to theleadershipcircle.com. Now and get yourself registered because you need enough lead time to get your own leadership circle profile finished and done before the certification begins. The second one, uh, that's my last one for 2015 that I'm aware of, is September 30th to October 2nd, and that's happening in Denver. Now, as I say that, I realize that we can also do in-house certifications. So if you're interested in having me come and certify coaches within your organization, that can absolutely be arranged as well. So three ways to, to get your coaches certified. Come to D.C., come to Denver, or engage me to come and bring it to you. All right. This next two upcoming events will be of great interest to people who are in the human development fields. So people who work with humans to help them grow and develop and evolve and um, coaches, consultants, HR professionals, OD professionals, uh, human development professionals, leadership development, for you, you will love this. And oh, by the way, it's open to anyone. Uh, Leaders are welcome too. So even people who are more business minded or uh, focus more on numbers, you can come too not only human development people, but I do find that it's my colleagues who seem to enjoy this the most. I am hosting uh, an event here in Toronto on November 12th and 13th. That's this year, November 12th and 13th, 2015 in Toronto. I'm calling it Power Circles with Shamine and Friends. Normally, I do Power Circles with you. I invite you to come and gather together. This is professional and personal development for you. So it's taking all this stuff that we... Um, Invite our clients to step into to consider all the tools and the ways in which we engage our clients in exploration of their own leadership and their own increased effectiveness. This is for you to turn all that work on yourself. And what's really special about it is that I'm going to be joined by one or two of my colleagues whom. I have been in an ongoing conversation with over the last couple of years. These are people who, I don't want to tell you their names yet because I'm not confirmed, but two or three, of, well, one or two of them at least, and maybe more, are thinking of joining me for this couple of days. So it'll be co-led, co-created. Um, it's actually going to be created by the entire group, so whomever comes is going to contrib- contribute to creating the experience, of course. But this is really a time out for you, a pause for you to strengthen your foundations, to build your own resilience, to empower yourself, uh, and then to, you know, rest as well in a community of colleagues and an exploration, an exploration of who we are, uh, why we're here, what we're up to, and how we can strengthen our foundations, our frameworks, and ourselves. Um, As well, it's an invitation into an integral awareness, which is kind of what comes at later stages in our lives. I, I don't even know how to talk about this in a way that will make it really real for you, but if you understand what I mean when I say that, then you'll know that this is the right event for you, the right gathering for you. So that's November 12th and 13th, 2015. The other one I want to tell you about that's coming up is November 25th and 26th, and this is happening in Western Canada. So we're still looking at a uh, location for this. It may be in Vancouver, it may be in Calgary, but we're going to gather together, and this is for experienced coaches who want to dive deeper into the, the work of the underpinnings of the Leadership Circle profile. So it's not a Leadership Circle certification. It's a gathering of coaches who love the frameworks that underpin the leadership circle, who want to dive deeper into how do we use this work with our clients and how do we use it with ourselves. And for those of you who know me, you know that that is um, one of the things that I am really, really good at (laughs) is, um, is working with you in that way. So... For both of these events, November 12th and 13th and November 25th and 26th, if you are interested, send me an email, S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N at AnjaliLeadership.com. Okay, let me know you're interested. I'll give you all the details. I'll have more up on my website soon. At the moment, um, there isn't a lot there yet. I've just been away and I'm going to get it all up there for you very, very soon. All right. Now, I've been thinking about why am I here? <laughs> uh, a big question, a big life question that I ask myself over and over again. And I've been thinking about this, that I want to join for our collective success and satisfaction. And I know that there are many ways to join together. There are many ways for you to join with me. One is to listen to me here on the radio every week. Um, and that, that's one way. Another way is to read my blog. Another way is to come to the power circles. And another way is to bring me in to work with your leaders or maybe to hire me to coach you one on one. But there's another way to join me, a new way to join me. And that is to join my team at Jeunesse Global. So I don't know how many of you have heard of Jeunesse, J E U N E -S S S E Global. It's an amazing company that sells these awesome skincare products that I have been using for about a year now, and I absolutely love them. And I love them so much that I've decided to jump in wholeheartedly. It's a network marketing business, and I've decided to jump in and build a team. I'm not jump, I haven't jumped. I've been sitting thinking about this for a year, so it's not a jump. But after a year of using the products and feeling so good about how they work, I am committed to creating a team so that we can collectively create success and satisfaction together for each of us, for ourselves, for our lives, for our families. And it's also for me... um, an opportunity to expand the things that I'm doing, to continue to use all of the gifts and skills that I have, and also to make it easier for some of you to join with me because I realize maybe you don't want to bring me into work with your leaders. Maybe you're interested in what I have to say, but your budget isn't going to allow you to hire me as your personal coach. So this is um, more of um, a way of joining a team that I'll be coaching, but I'll be coaching you collectively. So if you're interested in this, go to w shamin m-en-dot global. That's J-E-U-N-E-S-E Global dot com. Check out the products. Okay, they have a lot of products and I haven't used them all. I use three. I'll tell you what they are. I use the Luminesce Cellular Rejuvenation Serum. I use the Luminesce Daily Moisturizing Complex and I use the Luminesce Advanced Night Repair. Those are the three I use every day and there are a couple of others as well. Go check them out read about them, see if there's something you'd like to try. And then if you feel inspired to join my team, you can go to the join now link at the top right hand, right hand side of the page and click that and it will give you all the way through what you need to do to join my team. So something new that I'm just starting to put out there uh, in a more public way is that I want to create a team and create a team in this way as well. So again, it's shamine.jeunesseglobal.com. Go check it out, take a look around. And if you have any questions, send me an email. That's S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N at Leadership.com. That's A-N-J-A-L-I leadership.com. So there you have it. Uh, ways in which I am taking monkeys off of my back and putting them onto the back, the backs or into the, the hands of the people who own them, and ways in which I am continuing on the journey to exquisite self-care, which is something I am committed to and something that I am very much in progress with, not completed a journey on that front at all. I wish you all the best as the week goes by. I hope you'll think about the monkeys and who they belong to and whether you are carrying the wrong ones. And I look forward to speaking with you again next time. Take care, be well, and I will talk with you next week. Bye for now.
1: Thank you so much for joining us today for Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Shamin Sadiq will be back next Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope you'll come back as well. Have a wonderful week and remember, we are all members of this great human family. You are not alone.